Good morning. This is Paul Donovan, Chief Economist at UBS Global Wealth Management. It's 7 o'clock in the morning London time on Thursday the 9th of September. The European Central Bank gets together today to decide how many euro area government bonds to buy during the fourth quarter of this year. ECB President Lagarde, who is not an economist, will then explain the decision at the press conference. The expectation is that there will be a slowdown in the pace of bond buying. In effect, the European Central Bank will inject less liquidity into the economy each month. This would be the sensible decision. Quantitative policy, or bond buying, was not really a stimulus, it was more an antidepressant. The purpose was to meet a surge in demand for liquidity during the pandemic. That surge in demand for liquidity was driven by the forced increase in savings rates last year. As even Europeans are starting to spend the savings that they have accumulated, the demand for liquidity has fallen, and with it the necessity of supplying so much liquidity to the economy. A slowdown in the pace of bond buying would simply be a means of keeping the balance of liquidity that has existed up until now. It should be seen as maintaining the status quo in economic terms. The US Federal Reserve's Beige Book, giving casual anecdotes about the economy, painted a picture of the US economy that is still doing fine, but where the sugar high of a savings fueled spending surge is clearly coming to an end. The report referenced supply chain problems, which is a popular narrative in the media at the moment. Supply chain problems are certainly true in a few areas like autos, but at the same time, the world economy is close to the all-time high for the quantity of goods being manufactured. The problem is that no properly run supply chain can cope with a sudden 25% increase in demand. Obviously, holding that much spare capacity would simply bankrupt companies. The post-pandemic spending surge has put supply and demand out of balance. However, this does increase the noise that small supply chain disruptions can cause. Normally, these things would be smoothed over by manipulating the gap between supply and demand. Where supply is overwhelmed by demand, it's not possible to smooth over any disruptions. On the subject of supply chains, German exports for the month of July were stronger than expected, although the value of imports fell. This is consistent with the production data that we've been seeing from Germany, which has tended to be revised higher recently. Chinese consumer price inflation continued to slow, with a 0.8% year-on-year rate being recorded in August. This is a local issue, which has no direct impact outside of China's borders. Chinese consumer price inflation is focused on food prices, and this, particularly collapsing pork prices, is behind the weaker headline number. As China is not a net food exporter, the impact of Chinese consumer price inflation is only felt very indirectly, for example, if it influences central bank policy. Producer price inflation rose in China, and there is a tendency to assume that this has more of a global impact. It certainly does have more global impact than consumer prices, but the impact is still very limited. Producer price inflation in China is also mainly about domestic prices. 
The ties between producer prices and export prices from China are limited. Moreover, the ties between Chinese export prices and consumer prices in other countries are also limited on a product by product basis, because the most important thing about a product's price is nearly always the domestic labour cost. That's all for today. Have a good day. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.